live. Then you could start using it. Oh, we're good, good. Okay, we're live. We're here. Welcome to the Dante Greco Show. Special guest today, Senor Smalls, uh, ex-co-worker with me at TMZ, and now founder of the wildly successful Pap Safari walking tours, and uh, also... What, what's your other thing? Receda reporter. You're the Receda reporter. He does live interviews and live what, news. What, what don't I do? That's really you, the question. You do it all. You do it all. All right. I'm going to make you sit through the intro that I normally play on my show, and then you can critique it. Okay. One second here. Let's get this lined up, and here we go. Dante Greco. Dante is a really smart guy. And ladies love Dante. I got it there. Look at that face. What's your name? Casey. Dante Greco. Meet yours truly. Dante. I'm going to come. <laughs> what did you think about that, Smalls? I liked it. Uh, it's uh, more OJ, less Harvey. Less Harvey? Well, yeah. listen, I got to give myself credibility here. Okay. But uh, uh, I, I, I liked the Jeanie Pirro, Judge Jeannie, or wherever she knows you. That's cool. Yeah. She doesn't actually know me. That's she, the guy she's interviewing there. The the bigger bald guy is uh, an actor on The Sopranos, and he played a character named Dante Greco. So who was also uh, a driver who you had, uh, <laughs> uh, you also shared that with him. With yes. Like, you know, maybe someday you could be driving uh, a Tony Soprano around. That's right. In acting or in real life, you know. Smalls, I had you on once before, and we talked about your experiences uh, as a as a TMZ camera guy and as a founder of Pap Safari. But this time, I really want to delve further into your past as a clock and weather van salesman. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Well, you know, Oregon Scientific. It was a very like it was on like one of the S and P trading, but it just felt like a huge like. Uh, front for probably human trafficking yeah because, like you know they had a, a shop at the century city mall where like even like 15 years ago the rent was something like fifteen thousand a month or something more insane like that and i saw our sales we weren't making that much money and it yeah. was like you know it was like a sharper image ripoff it was i still have several projection clocks though fascinating Oh shoot! Let me. I'm. I'm being rude. I didn't put your uh, name tag up. There you go. Creator of white. I didn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't create that. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure I did. Yeah. Do, do I, you want to talk about Kanye? I do want to talk about Kanye. I do want to talk about Kanye's been beefing with every single person in the media, and I love it as much as I'm driven crazy by Kanye, and I'm driven crazy by people who are just like, uh, what is he like, borderline personality disorder. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like it. But I like his trolling. He's, his trolling is like, you know, it's top level. Yeah. No. So he went on Tucker Carlson yesterday, and this just kind of caps off a week of him trolling everybody in the media. Obviously, it started earlier in the week with the whole White Lives Matter uh, sweatshirt. And now he's on there talking about how they threatened his life for wearing a Trump hat. He's Call, he's claiming that uh, Justin Bieber's girlfriend had a nose job, Haley Bieber. He's calling Gigi Hadid a zombie. And, you know, we take that personally because we know Muhammad Hadid from all our days in Beverly Hills. 
I actually saw Muhammad Hadid on the last tour I did. I mean, that was like the highlight. We saw Muhammad Hadid and John Lovitz. Yeah. And uh, the tour didn't know who John Lovitz was, but they had heard of Muhammad Hadid. And um, and people paid for this tour. Yeah. These people actually paid the discount because like I'm on like this thing called the sightseeing tour, but uh-huh. they never pay me. So like, you know, every now and then people will email me like, hey, uh, I'm on the site. I have the sightseeing pass. Can I go out this day? And I have to tell them no, because like the sightseeing pass doesn't pay me. But you can like, you know, if you want to reach out. But these guys haggled with me, and uh, I think they got a good tour. Like they got a discount. They, but like for that discount, they still got to see Muhammad Hadid. They still yeah. got to see John Lovitz eating what no, looked like a lovely sandwich. That's huge. Yeah, he calls Gigi Hadid a Karen born with a silver spoon in her mouth and uh, a zombie because she got upset that he criticized Gabriella Karifa Johnson, who, who called his White Lives Matter clothing violence. Um, he's right. You know, the thing with Kanye this week that I've learned is he's right about a lot of stuff. I'm not going to say he's right about White Lives Matter, because that would just create problems for me. But she is she was born with a silver spoon in her mouth. Like, this is the thing that's interesting to me, and I want to find out what you think. Gigi Hadid, Haley Bieber, these are people who never comment publicly on anything at all. And then the one time they have something interesting to say, it's about Kanye, and then he just goes right back at him and, and, and calls him out. Like, what, What's your take? Well, my take is I think he knew what he was doing with this um, campaign because it got everybody talking about him. And the man's like an ego, you know, his like he's driven by ego and this has just gotten everybody talking. Now I do believe that uh, he is right to retaliate back at like, you know, the, the, the at the Hadids and the Baldwin Bieber's Kardashians. And I guess this is something, uh, um, well, that's uh, I'm jumping off to a different point, but uh it's just like, you know, it, it is, but you know, it, it gets tiresome. Like I'm sure uh, it's like, you know, I, I, I get it. It's like, you know, it's controversy. It sells. It's like, you know, keeps them in this, like, you know, in this uh, trash tabloid media sensation. But like, you know, are we like, didn't you feel like when you were still at TMZ, didn't you feel like you were exploiting like his mental illness by getting a paycheck from the company that was like, you know, putting him on display when he was obviously he like, you know, ne- was just off like a 5150 hold. He needed compassion. He needed like, you know, a little space. And instead, like, you know, you guys paraded him on TMZ Live like a circus show. And then like, you know, and yeah, it was it was. And I'm glad that like, you know, Van got to show that he was blacker than Charles by like standing up for like this, like the, the, the slavery was a choice meaning, but in all honesty, he never should have been there in the first place. You guys were exploiting a mentally ill person. First of all, weren't you working there at that time? I was not, I was already, uh, I was already let go. Oh, well for, I blame Candace Owens. Cause you forget she brought him in there. See Candace Owens was smart. And along with whoever her, uh, conservative backers are, they identified Kanye as a guy that they could use, you know, sort of like how they've been um, they've been looking at Trump since the 80s as a possible candidate. 
they they they're doing the same with Kanye. So they brought him in there. They're exploiting him. And I don't feel bad about Kanye. Yes, he had a troublesome time, you know, six or seven years ago or whatever. But it's been long enough. He's done enough. He's created companies. He's he put he puts out albums. I at the risk of sounding like uh callous, I'm not convinced that his mental illness is debilitating. You know, like there's some people with a mental illness where it's a real problem for them and they can't exist in society. He seems to be doing just fine and he's having a great time. So, no, I don't feel bad for him at all. He knows what he's doing. He's crazy. He's not mentally ill. He's just crazy. He's wild. Yeah, and like and like many people that like, you know, have that like kind of bipolar and like a borderline personality disorder, he is driven by ego and by, you know, being talked about and just being in the, you know, yeah. Is narcissism a mental illness that we have to respect and coddle? I don't think so. I don't think it is. I think, though, he is entertaining and he has all the qualities of a next Trump. Trump, one way or another, is going to age out of this. And the media, as we know, with COVID and then with every other thing they're trying to get started, they're looking for their next Trump. Someone who's going to be a lightning rod. I really think, and this is bad for America, I don't want this to happen, but if I was going to advise the media, they should elevate Kanye and take him seriously, elevate him to Trump-like levels, um, cover everything he does, you know, more interviews on Fox News, Newsmax, everything, and start taking him seriously. I mean, he's already a former presidential candidate, and who's to say he's not going to run again in 24? That could be the answer to the media's uh, ratings and advertising dollar deficit that they've been experiencing ever since Trump left office. Your thoughts? Well, if uh, anybody from Newsmax is watching this, I have been applying on LinkedIn because like it's a, like the news market. I'm trying to get back in the news. It's saturated. It's very it's very hard to uh, get a job. But I feel like they're just uh, it's such an ugly company that it's going to turn like a lot of people off from applying but, you know, I worked at TMZ for like over five years. I can work at Newsmax. I, you know, my conscience is gone. Yeah. Um, I think Newsmax is pretty much just like the same as Fox News. Maybe it's like a little, it's a little worse, but um, it probably, it's probably like a better environment to work there because it's like less, less bosses, less like, you know, it's, you know, I mean, like the, the stuff they spew is more toxic, but I feel like the workplace is a little less toxic. So if anybody that, you know, is a gatekeeper can get me in the door, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm your worker bee. They pay well. I remember when I was looking at jobs after TMZ, um, they had they were offering like, you know, 200K, 250K to be the news director or whatever. They had to move to New York, but still. That's not bad. I always thought I was going to go work for InfoWars after TMZ, after I left TMZ, because I figured, like, if I'm going <laughs> to, I can get hired there for sure. One of my major accomplishments at TMZ was that, like, one of those QAnon uh, videos, like, used one of my interviews with, like, the bassist player for um, uh, Scorpion. Oh, we could nice. do talking about, like, um, like, secret snuff parties. Uh-huh. And they were just like, this is proof that Hollywood like eats babies. <laughs> I remember that. What was that? Why was he saying that, though? It was kind of weird. Well, uh, his name was Ralph Rikerman. And this guy, he probably hates me because he got a lot of like, you know, he got in some like trouble because of that. 
But he yeah. was like, I was just asking him, like, you know, like I always used to interview him. They never used him. I just, I liked his German accent. Uh, so I like talking to him. So I just like asked him like out of the blue. It's like, you have been to any like snuff parties lately? Like what's going on? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm trying to look up your Ralph Reicherman. I don't know how to spell it, but uh, you, I found it. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I don't know if he was, he was but like, you know, I guess. Can we move on from a different to a different topic? I'm, I'm hoping. Can you hear this? The cadence. He's dead serious. He's not like laughing. There's not a smile on his face. Ralph Reichman. Wow. What the fuck? Oh shit! You couldn't even see that on the screen. God damn it, Smalls! Hold on one second. We gotta just pretend that we didn't watch that. I'm gonna play it again. How many of you viewers do you have right now? We got zero. Uh, zero. <laughs> we're we're really doing this for the replay audience. You know, nobody watches anything live anymore. It's all about the replay. When I was um oh, on God the damn it! I can't believe I did. That. Okay, hold hold that thought. All right. All right, I just found your Ralph Reicherman interview. He is sexy. I'll give him that. Not that guy. Ah, there he is. <laughs> I've never seen a donkey show, but, like, you know. Executed. Wait, so you're saying that that's not true? You know what? Um, I'm going to rescind my my comment. It's probably true. And like, um, I don't think Ralph Reicherman had $100,000 to spend on that, but he was probably like there with like, you know, like a, yeah. they probably paid his cover charge. You mentioned that you'd interviewed him a bunch of times and they never used him. What was it like? You said to him, "Hey, why don't you just say some crazy shit and maybe?" No, no, no. I was. I, it was like where Nightingales is now. It was some event, and it was like it was like my first interview of the night. I'm just like you know getting my inter. You know, I just wanted to shoot the shit with him, and so like I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. And then yeah. it like you know it, it's still on like the dark web and like you know very like uh, people are still being. Um, indoctrinated by, <laughs> by the far right from my interview what i find funny hold on let me put my headphones on just i want to in case there's an echo okay what i find funny is that jesse and i did a uh, jesse Rowe, our former co-worker who i now co-host the front row podcast with uh we did an episode on dane cook and his parties and how that guy Isaac Cappy was there. Do you know who Isaac Cappy is? Nope, no clue. Okay, so he was, uh, proves my point in a way. He was like a, a an actor who had appeared in some things. People got upset when we called him a struggling actor. He had appeared in some things. It had been several years since he had appeared in some things. Sounds struggling to me, but okay. Anyways, he went crazy. He started saying QAnon stuff and that he had witnessed all this high-level sexual deviancy at, at parties. And he was at the Dane Cook party, uh, Dane Cook's game nights where Dane Cook met his young wife. 
and then Isaac Cappy, Cappy jumped off a bridge, or some people think he was killed for his knowledge. And I contended that Isaac Cappy was too much of a nobody to be killed over this. So the same by the same token, Rick Rick Reicherman, why what the fuck would he be doing? The basis for Scorpion, what why would he be privy to high level Hollywood? Snuff parties. Is there any logic at all? What do you think? I think there's zero logic, but it probably happened in Germany where it was just uh, just rich uh, industrialists, <laughs> allegedly. But, you know, Germany's never done anything wrong. So, like, you know, maybe I maybe I'm no, at least for the last hundred years. They've been so they said on The Simpson, like any man that speaks German <laughs> couldn't do anything wrong. Um, okay, Rackerman. Moving back to Kanye, um, he, he another thing I agreed with him. He, he went in on Jared Kushner, and he said he hadn't been serving his boy Trump the right way, and that he only negotiated the Middle East peace accords in order to make money. Where's the lie? Well, you well, know. Small, no. Be careful what you do when the lie becomes the truth. Right. It's, you know. Did you watch? Uh, I've actually never watched Tucker Carlson. No, I didn't watch it either. I'm I, just looking uh, at the headlines. Okay. Uh, now, what, what's the Tanya Harding stunt that he's talking about? Oh, he he compared his White Lives Matter sweater to Axel. To her triple axle, like the brilliance of her. It was a feeling, it was a gut instinct. Uh, whether or not you agree with the message, it is true. It's the only thing anyone's talking about out of that fashion show. I don't even know what fashion show it is. Fashion beef is the lamest thing, but uh, he did. Now, uh, again, we are not supporting the White Lives Matter movement. Uh, this uh this uh can you take that scroll <laughs> off I, I didn't create that <laughs> <laughs> no we're not supporting the white lives movement matter movement uh, i'm just talking about from a marketing perspective it was ingenious no oh, yeah i got everybody talking uh, like you know the news like this happened like probably three days ago and they're still talking about it on the dante greco show live that's right with zero viewers uh you're wearing a hat with a is that the mexican flag I believe so. What's up with that? I'm a. Um, well, yeah, I knew we were talking about Kanye and like White Lives Matter, so I'm just trying to, you know, further the controversy because I am not Mexican, oh. although um, I'm willing to to try. This is like Tanya Harding's brilliance right here. Yeah, I don't know. The thing with Kanye, we've interviewed him a bunch. Have you interviewed him, right? I have. How was it? Every time I interviewed him, he was in a good mood. It was like, you know, bipolar. It was like one time I got him like right after Kim uh, broke the internet with the paper magazine. Mm -hmm. And I asked him if he was going to oil up and be on the magazine cover next. And like, that's kind of a risky thing to ask. But he was in a good mood. He smiled and he's like, you know, pointed at me and said, like, ah, we'll see, you know. And I asked him something else about like his like shoe shoe line and something like that. And like, you know, he he actually was talking and like, you know, so I was 
you know, it was a win-win situation for me. I didn't get assaulted and I got a production point. Yeah, that's good. They used it. Yeah. Yeah, when I interviewed him, it was after I'd seen him a couple times over the years. Didn't you notice a change in him before, like at the beginning when he first got with Kim? He was happy. He would say, what's up to the paps? And then after like six months of being with her, he started doing the whole don't talk to me in the Calabasas Commons parking lot and then at the airport and shit. Like he, he started to crack under the pressure. Well, you know, as I tell people on uh, when they come on paparazzisafari.com um, that the Kardashians really as a brand were on their way down. They were crashing. It was after, uh, you know, Chris Humphreys and like the allegedly fake marriage. Uh, people were looking into Chris Jenner's fake uh, for-profit church and mm -hmm. people were tired of their antics. But then Kanye gave them legitimacy by going out with Kim and then add that with uh, America's uh, fascination with like, girls turning 18 and like, you know, Kendall and Kylie. So then that, and I said, now they're like, you know, they're not going anywhere. We're stuck. Yeah. With them. Yeah. Well, he definitely had, a, I mean, the mental break was caused by his mother's death. Of course, that's what kicked it off. But that was 2007. Kim, he didn't get with her till what? 20, 2012. 12. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the time that I most vividly recall was after he was on SNL and it was like the next day he somehow wound up at Mel's diner on sunset. And I got him and tried to talk to him about his comments about the 13th amendment. This was during his whole slavery mm -hmm. era. And he just a, as soon as you challenged him on the facts, he wanted to shut down the interview because that was one thing I noticed. I, saw him being interviewed by uh, some major media figures at one point and i was just sitting there watching it and like he has handlers off to the side i think one of them is his father and then there's other people on his team that give him facts because as he said to uh, as a shock to no one he's never read a book so he doesn't <laughs> i feel like he's read a book or two he's just uh, why would you want why would you lie about that? <laughs> why would you pretend no i've never read a book like <laughs> he, he he doesn't have the facts which i i sympathize with a, li a little bit because i feel like the internet and smartphones have broken all of our brains in that way like we it has we offload so much information we don't have to retain as much i think he's full of shit when he says that he's never read a book though because like you know his first like you know I, uh, like the, his, the college dropout. So it's like, you know, there's like, you know, and a lot of his music is very like, um, yeah. Why do you think he yeah, dropped out? College. <laughs> because <it> didn't like <laughs> reading books. First day they they put books on the desk. He got what, out. What was the last book you read? Cover to cover. Um, I've been doing more audio books lately because I just can't find the time, like to multitask reading a book while driving. So, uh, it was employed right now. <laughs> what are you talking about full-time host of the dante greco show <laughs> part-time host of the front row podcast uh it was a book about the lakers dynasty it was called three ring circus by jeff something it was about like the kobe shack years oh, okay it was interesting but you i used to, to yeah I, yeah i've been reading a book lately actually but in, in pieces it's called Oh, fuck. I got a green screen. All right. 
it's not working. It's called The Western Canon by Harold Bloom. It's quite interesting. You know, for people who don't have enough time to read all the great authors of Western literature, it's a nice summation and explanation. And you, what have you read? I finished reading um, a Confederacy of Dunces, which was hilarious. Is it uh, actually funny? Everyone it, it, says it's funny, and I just think it's like a hipster thing to say it's funny. Like people like Will Ferrell think it's brilliant, and that that rubs well, me really, the wrong like, way. You can see like Will Ferrell and like Zach Galifianakis they get, uh, base a lot of their like man-child characters off of the protagonist Ignatius Riley. And like uh, some of the book was kind of dr- like, you know, it, but like there were some moments where it was like literally like laughing out loud funny. Really? Yeah. And I, mean, I, I, I usually don't read fiction. I'm a big uh, uh, nonfiction fan. I like biographies and, and history. I'm starting to read uh, this book on, on, on good old Joe Kennedy. But right now it's it's better to uh, prop my laptop up. <laughs> I've only read a few pages. I like that. Is it any good? I'm interested. Oh yeah, no, he's a he's a very polarizing character. Don't you think that a Confederacy of Dunces has a bigger reputation because David Foster Wallace killed himself? Possibly. It, it takes on more of like, oh wow, it must really mean something because he killed himself. Oh, no, I, I um, it's just his. It, it was very. I like the language of it, the and just like <laughs> I don't know, maybe <laughs> a lot of fat jokes and just like and just like, but like it, the way it's like you know, it, but he really captured like the way people talk in Louisiana. At least like you know, it didn't feel it didn't feel fake. Yeah. Um, getting back to Kanye, mm-hmm. who hasn't read that book for sure. Uh, I was just gonna say the the time I interviewed him, a. You challenge him on the facts, he shuts it down, and B, he looks right through you. Like, you know when someone's looking right through you, but, like, they're not looking at you? And afterward, you tried to get my number, and then he gave me his number. <laughs> he gave he, you his number? He gave me his number. He gave me, he was just like, now put my number in your phone. I was like, oh, okay. And then he just looked at me like, Did you guys text? We're going to help everybody. We're going to help everybody. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, in the Mel's Diner parking lot. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We did not text, as I've said before, on the Hollywood Raw podcast. I was scared to text the number. I didn't know what it would lead to. It would be like some kind of urban legend thing where you text this number and then you die within seven days. Well, speaking of some of my illustrious jobs, um, um, well, really, like nothing beats uh, selling clocks. Uh, in the Century and, City Mall. And, and weather vanes. Don't forget the weather, oh, yeah, weather vanes. But uh, for a brief time, I was... Uh, the most interesting part, the weather vanes. Yes, uh, for, go ahead. For a brief time, I was the personal valet and uh, made sure nobody scratched his car for a famous podcaster, Joe Rogan. Oh, really? And, yeah, so I had his phone number, and one of my friends from St. Louis just kept bothering me for his phone number, uh-huh. and so I gave it to him. And uh, this was before like iPhones and stuff like that. It was uh, it was back in like 2007. Uh-huh. Was, uh huh. It was it was a brief gig. It was a good gig. He paid decent money, and uh, but then he, anyway, how much did he pay? A hundred bucks for like two hours, and just made sure nobody like uh, peed on his car at the comedy store. Made sure like nobody <laughs> scratched it, and like That's you know, really nice of him. What kind of car was it? 
it was a custom made uh, like Barracuda Mustang. It was wow. he doesn't he doesn't have it anymore. He's I a car say. guy. He's like Leno. He's a car guy. Yeah, he's got hard nipples too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think those are surgically enhanced. I think so too. But anyway, so I, like I gave his number to my friend. And my friend just kept calling him until he like finally picked up, and it was just like, "What?" And my friend's like, "I gotta tell you something about myself. You might not know about me, Joe Rogan." And Joe said, "Yeah, you smoke rocks." And then he said, "Yeah, I smoke rocks." <laughs> and that was that. Wait, wait, who was this? Bushman? Who was the friend? Oh uh, no, it was uh, my friend David Stiffelman. Okay, is he a comedian? No, he just has a comedian's name. Oh. Um, but he yeah, he was a big fan of the Dave Chappelle skit where he was where Tyrone Biggums was on uh, Fear Factor. Oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah oh so he was doing the Tyrone Biggums voice. Yeah yeah. Um, did Rogan ever figure out how that guy got his number, or he just? Uh, no, he did not. And uh, I'll be honest, I don't think I don't think he'll find out through this. And even if he does, I don't care. <laughs> Although if he is listening, I am willing to relocate to Austin if he needs somebody to watch his car. I need to get out of LA. You got to just go out there and 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 make the offer. He's not going to ask you to come. You just got to <laughs> put up the money yourself to move there first. Uh, did he ever talk to you? Did he ever give you any words of advice? Did he ever try to talk you out? You know, sometimes when I would run into people, like I, I ran into Rob Schneider at the airport, at the Burbank airport once. I was waiting on someone else to mm-hmm. come out. And he's like, I was like, yeah, sorry, man. I don't have anything to ask you about. Otherwise, I would interview you. But I didn't realize he wasn't really, he didn't really like doing TMZ interviews. But he was like, oh, you know, why don't you do something yourself? Do something <laughs> on your own. Do your own thing. Um, people- oh, no, I mean, uh, Joe was actually, um, it was easy to talk to him. Like, you know, like, uh, but like, you know, he would, uh, he knew how if he didn't want to talk he wasn't going to talk and he would also just like then like you know be like you can smoke you know do you want to smoke this joint and uh, i was i would concur although during like my period where i actually did work at uh, at tmz like where i actually like cared about working i would not you know smoking weed was like uh counterintuitive to getting ambush interviews because i would like look inside yourself and be like oh my god what am i doing why am i bothering these people so the few times that he did smoke me out while I was on the clock, I would uh, like one time I just like drove up into the hills and was just like, you know, it was a cold night and it was a dark night of the soul. Where I was just like, what am I doing? Right. I've heard people say that before. I, I never smoked weed on the job because I don't like smoking weed anyway, but especially yeah. I couldn't imagine having to do the job while high. Uh, other people have said the same thing. They went and like hid in a bush yeah. because they were so freaked out by what they were well, doing. It really, it really gives you like some like introspect that you don't want to hear at that time. And so it's like, you got, you got a job, you got an intrusive job to do. And now your conscious is, is messing with you. And that's just like, it just not, does not work. Right. I love the job in the company, by the way, just want to go on record in case anyone's watching. Um, <laughs> I, I actually, I have been applying for jobs there so far. I have, I have applied for three jobs on TMZ as a, a associate producer for two fab, a producer for two fab and a producer for TMZ. And so far I've heard no word back. Well, this will help. Uh, if Charlie Cotton is listening, please put in a good word for me. Maybe did, you they tell, did you tell them that you created white lives matter? 
<laughs> no, maybe maybe that'll give me the job. Sure? I did not create. <laughs> um, God, what was I going to say about that? I don't know. Yeah, people always try to talk us out of it. I remember Jeff Daniels tried to do it once, too. He was like pretending that he was his character from the newsroom. <laughs> it was weird. I was in Nashville and he was performing, which who knew that he performs live, but he performs country music or something. And I tried to get an interview with him. He was like, do better. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Okay. Getting back to what we're talking about. So we, we've talked about Kanye. It's enough with Kanye, right? We enjoy it. We enjoy it. I think we could say that, right? It's a train wreck. It's hard to look away. And as I said, media, if you're listening, media, if you're listening, he's your next Trump. Kanye West, you just got to get people to take him seriously. He's run for president once. He should do it again. Again, I don't think this is good for America. I don't support this. But if you're looking for a new Trump, Kanye's the only guy who blends celebrity with like grandiosity he's also a fake billionaire and he also is um has a lot of ideas like political ideas so that's your guy he's incendiary moving on now i understand jeremiah that you've been to the movies recently i have um i have seen don't worry darling actually twice what the fuck <laughs> why um and I'll be honest, it wasn't that good, but it was entertaining. And it was, really? I like the escapism. Now, the second time I saw it, it was just to, uh, I'm, uh, I don't want to go into the details, but I just needed to kill some time. And I actually went and I took a nap. And uh, so I didn't really psychoanalyze it more. There's like, there's a lot of holes in the plot line. But, like, you know, if you if you put that aside and just want, like, to get, like, you know, have a fun movie for two hours, it's not that bad. It's I mean, it's not that good. It shouldn't really, you know, you know, but it's, well, really, the production design alone is amazing. And, like, the, I love Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. And uh, seeing Harry Styles as an insult, like, I don't, not to give out, like, spoilers for, like, you know, uh, it was kind of cool. And, I, and, well, really, the, the main actress, Florence Pugh, is she she acted well and she was just incredibly good looking so you kind of like you know you didn't care about the plot holes or the or the inconsistencies it was like it was a decent movie now the she's, other movie, she's good real quick uh, good. before we move on to the next movie let's talk about this a little bit but she's good did you ever see midsummer i've been meaning to watch it i hear that's really good it's really good i saw the director's cut i didn't know anything about it it's a brutal movie but uh, you should you should see it um uh don't worry darling harry styles does he have acting talent because i don't think he has musical talent i saw him at coachella i couldn't believe he was the headliner there were no hits even the hits weren't good and like somehow he has a rabid fan base but i was just really put off by how unenjoyable his set was at coachella you know you know, people were talking, uh, were criticizing his acting in "Don't Worry, Darling," and it. The, the first time I watched it, I didn't think it was that bad. But then, like you know, kind of then going back and seeing it again, I can see uh, some of the criticism. But like, I think he has a future in acting. I think he's. I think he can. I mean, he has a face. He has a. 
brand recognition. I think he could, uh, I think he has a future in acting and I think, uh, I think he should take a couple lessons. I think he'll be fine. He, he reminds me of like a male Taylor Swift. Like, you know, how Taylor Swift shows up at projects. Like you should like it because I'm Taylor yeah, Swift. You Taylor should be Swift, happy yeah. that I'm here. Like, what, Do you remember like, when they were briefly fucking? Were they? That's they were. right. Yeah. That's right. We've never figured out if that was one of those arranged showbiz, showbiz marriages or, or, it's you know, definitely suspect marriages. because it was like, you know, it was like when one direction was still somewhat new, like they were still under the, under uh simon cowell's like you know uh string so yeah I, like yeah i wouldn't i that is a question i would ask like were you guys actually fucking was the fucking genuine or was it all like you know was it fake fucking right i'm and i'm sure you'll get an answer to that yeah definitely um okay so did you have any thoughts about the marketing of the movie and about olivia wilde and her beef with florence Pugh and olivia wilde making the marketing of the movie about uh, the future is female ejaculation. <laughs> um, honestly, when I saw the preview of the movie, um, I knew I was going to watch it because of the, the Palm Springs setting. And I'm just like, I like that as, as the Palm Springs aesthetic. So I really have no comment on the future is female ejaculation, and um, oh, but the future is Joe Rogan's nipples. Wait, why did this not? Uh, that wasn't supposed to be what I pulled up. <laughs> if anyone was watching before, we were talking about Joe Rogan. Okay. Well, the future is Joe Rogan's nipples. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> See, she was going around wearing shirts like this, and I like that she's. I don't know. Like, what are what are your thoughts on masks? in 2023 will they still be around face mask oh god did you see when bill Hader showed up to whatever award show that was with a mask like dude you'd give it up i didn't see that unless bill Hader is immunocompromised and we're just finding out about it now 40 <laughs> years into his life take it off well i'm I, even was, henry winkler was sitting next to him henry winkler is like 75 and he's <laughs> sitting there like with a wide smile on his face no mask I, I kind of want to bring back the mask shaming just for the hell of it. Just like, you know, for like the midterms, I want to like yell at people if they're not wearing a mask mm. and to see if that'll get me beat up. <laughs> well, go to like um, the East Coast. I think there's still big mask people out there. You go to like Brooklyn or Manhattan. <laughs> they I'll love be- that mask. Um, okay. So don't worry, darling. You give it a, a how many Mexican flags do you give it? Honestly, it, it's watchable out of four. I would give it like uh, two and a half, two and a half stars. Mexican flags, you mean? Yeah, that's your I mean, rating system. I thought it was an enjoyable movie. It has it has its flaws, but just like to be so passionate about like disliking a movie, like you know, I don't see the point. Speaking of movies, real quick, and then we're gonna get to Blonde, starring Marilyn Monroe. Or about Marilyn Monroe. Um, everyone is making a big deal about this Super Mario animated movie that's coming out with Chris Pratt playing <laughs> Italian Mario. Have you heard yeah. about this? I have, and I found a tweet that Chris Pratt made like 10 years ago where he said something about how like uh like it was before he was like uber famous, and he said something about how like oh like New York is like 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 I just got like uh 
I forgot the exact tweet. I got, I'll have to find it, but he like made an Italian uh, American slur saying like New York is like full of dagos and how just like, you know, how terrible that is. Nice. Well, Italians are one of the few groups that you can still be prejudiced against in this country. Thank God. I won't (laughs) stand for it. Um, Anyways, real quick, we'll get to blonde, but the everyone's been wondering what is the voice going to sound like what's the character's voice because chris pratt is he going to put on a fake italian accent what's it going to be so i actually have the video of the voice they released the trailer let's hear it you hear that can you hear that i cannot hear it you but can't hear it. Sound like, oh, mamma mia, I'm <laughs> making some meatballs. Right, let me take my headphones out. Can you hear this now? You hear that? Turn your computer volume up, asshole. It's up all the way. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> all right that's joe pesci from uh casino that's no that's chris pratt it's an exclusive now if you want to hear the real voice i could play it for you i've been bamboozled i've been trying to push that as the voice where the fuck is it here we go It's pretty lame. Christ's sake, just play the voice. How can I hate BuzzFeed? You'd think they would just put the fucking voice right where it should be. Sorry, everyone. Okay, that's enough. Do you hear that shit? No, but it sounds Italian to me. <laughs> it sound, didn't sound Italian at all. Okay, Blonde. Marilyn Monroe's story, controversial what movie, rated NC-17. And uh, you saw this movie, and uh, what's what are your thoughts? <sighs> mixed thoughts now and and, like people get like upset about it but it's not an actual biopic it's like a adaptation of um of like an imagination of blonde of like uh, so like it's not a it's not factually correct but i am curious if charlie chaplin and edward g robinson's son did have like a eiffel tower with her right i would like to know more about that and I would also like to know if Edward G. Robinson's son would like do his like Ed would do his father's voice and be like, ah, "Where's your Messiah now?" See, right. But um, I'm a big fan of the director. He did uh, the assassination of uh, Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, uh-huh. and I like the style. I definitely liked the scene with uh, it. Definitely did not portray President John F. Kennedy in a good light. Oh, yeah. Let's just say 
Spoiler alert for the one viewer watching right now. If you want to bail out for a second, come back in a couple minutes. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. Yes, it did not portray anybody in a good light, really. No, yeah. Joe DiMaggio portrayed him in a bad light. Um, it definitely portrayed Marilyn, I mean, Norma Jean's mother in a, in a terrible light. Yeah. <laughs> she seemed like a, an unfit. <laughs> Total monster. Yeah. But um, honestly, I thought the movie was okay. I didn't, uh, it's, you know, Netflix gives you the comfort to, like, you know, see it in your, in your own home so you can't be judged on watching it. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the criticism has been that it just makes Marilyn a victim and it exploits her and re-victimizes her by making a movie about all this. You know, she's constantly having to have sex with executives and presidents and baseball players. I, I mean, I thought it was well made. It was much more much more artsy than I expected. It was pretty RC. It was almost like a foreign film. Yeah. And it was graphic in some senses, but the NC-17 wasn't what you think it is. If you think you're just going to see like explicit Ana de Armas sex with, you know, multiple men, it's not what you're going to get. It's explicit in other ways, psychologically even. Um, here's what I want to ask you. Because I made a video about this and some people were upset. So, Ana de Armas is Cuban. Mm -hmm. uh, Marilyn Monroe, as far as we know, was just a white woman. And not that there's anything wrong with either of those, but I still detected hints of Ana de Armas's accent. And I'm not the only one. This was the thing when the trailer was first released. People were saying, look, you know, no offense, but she still sounds Cuban. Did you pick up on that? No, because I heard in post-production they kind of, uh, like, you know, uh, they kind of took some of the Cuban accent out in post-production. They, like, auto-tuned it or something. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing, though. They did it for most of it, mo most of her dialogue, and yet there was a lot of dialogue, enough to take me out of the movie, where I would hear her talking like this, and then it would end like this. And so I, she did a great job. Everything else about her performance I thought was very good, and I'm sure she did her best, but it, I can't lie, it still took me out of the movie at times, the accent. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it again, so. <laughs> right. Are there any movies coming up that you want to see? Um, not really. I don't know. What's coming out? I saw The Woman King. Did you see that? With no, it's not. Was it good? I enjoyed it. Okay. It was, it was not bad. You know, it was, you know, spoilers alerts, spoiler alert. I don't know. Do you want me to tell you anything about it or are you going to see it? I'm never going to see it. I mean, I might. Okay. I just wish that it got to the action a little bit quicker. That's all. Okay. That's all. Uh, I saw a good movie called Barbarian. Now, this one I'm not going to say anything about because this is a movie you don't want to know anything about it going in. So all I'm going to say is it was a good movie. It's like kind of like a suspenseful horror movie. It's good for this time of year. Go see it. And that's it. That's my recommendation. 
don't go don't watch the trailer don't read read the reviews don't even look it up on imdb just don't look anything up about it just go see the movie or, or rent it awesome was that a, <laughs> is that an energy drink you have because like i was not supplied any energy drinks you didn't get the i, I sent a case over yeah, celsius it's the one that everyone all of the uh fitness people seem to love it because it has no sugar and yet some guy was on tiktok claiming it gave him a heart attack so we'll see one time i drank a bang energy drink and it literally felt like i was on methamphetamines it was disgusting. Really? yeah is that dan bilzerian's thing um well i, I he has his uh, cannabis company called ignite yeah but I'm pretty sure that's just a front for his human trafficking. His <laughs> right. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. By the way, that's you saying that. Me, uh, I'm, I believe that he's just a straight shooter. Good he old seems guy. like a really stand-up guy. Really guy. I would yeah. introduce my daughter to him. <laughs> uh, did you ever interview Dan? Um, By the way, if you're just joining us, we're here with Senor Smalls. Um, he is a an ex TMZ producer, founder of the wildly successful Pap Safari walking tours in Beverly Hills, and he's also the receipted reporter on uh, online and wherever you get your podcasts. So, you he worked for TMZ as I did. did you interviewed Dan Bilzerian. Um, I tried to. He ignored me. Mm, yeah, he's weird like that. The, yeah. the, in earlier in the year his people called a bunch of paps to go shoot him at the uh, Bijan store on Rodeo drive. Mm -hmm. And so everyone's there. We're thinking like, Oh wow, he called, he must, he's going to talk. He's going to give it up as we say in this industry. And then he just walked in. And then when he came out, they were like, okay, no, can, can you guys wait? He's going to, he's going to talk on the way out. You know, he was just, he didn't know, blah, 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 blah. And then he came out. And he just got into his car and like barely turned his head and answered my question. It's horseshit. And he was wearing the shortest shorts in the world. Like he could have easily popped out while I was filming. You would have loved that. Wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> they would have used the clip. I'm sure if he had popped out of his shorts, they would have used the clip. Well, if, if, if there was a tip, they would have used the clip, you know, if it doesn't fit the, the tip, have you ever uh, masturbated uh, to like OJ? Has OJ Simpson ever like? Has he thought about producing porn? Oh, because, I'm sure he's I mean, been a pro. People would buy it, and would but would you buy it to masturbate, or would you watch it just for like the niche value? I would, if I was going to watch it, it would only be for the niche value and for for work purposes, so I could talk about it on OJ Simpson porn, but. It would be too weird to a masturbate to it because I'm not gay, and b <laughs> it's also O.J. Simpson who maybe killed his wife and Ron Goldman. Yeah, see now, what would like the premise of O.J.'s pornography film be? Like, you remember when O.J. had a prank show? Listen, you, like, pranking yes. people? Exactly, juiced. <laughs> yeah, juiced. It would be called "If I Did You." <laughs> and it would have something to do with the murders and, you know, maybe stealing or, or kidnapping memorabilia dealers in a Las Vegas hotel room. Part two. <laughs> if I did you part two. Hmm. Uh, 
yeah, no, he did because like think about it. He's tried to cash in multiple times uh, with the Juiced show and with I if I did it the book. Well, I think that the perfect setting would be just like on a white Bronco, like inside yeah. it and like on top of the hood. Mm. Now I'm not sure if OJ should do like a solo scene or if there should be like you know. Like, would a porn star, like, you know, would her price go up if she had to do a scene with OJ? Or, like, you know, I'm sure he could find somebody on OnlyFans. Well, imagine the insurance premiums. I mean, I don't know that you could afford to make that movie. Now, the Kardashians owe a lot of their their clout to OJ. At least, like, they're, like, you know, like, you know, um, early clout. Would one of the Kardashians bang OJ for the right amount of money? The yeah. ru- the rumors always were that he and Chris Jenner were uh, you know they would spend time in the jacuzzi together. Yeah. Now I I think the sales would be out of this roof if it was OJ and uh, Kendall Jenner because oh she's still young. She's uh, you know she doesn't have any kids yet, so it's like you know she won't. Um, Can you imagine well, a more uncomfortable scene because she's always like unhappy to be anywhere. <laughs> In our experience, <laughs> She's with OJ. you know, it, it would be on her own will. Um, yeah. Her mother would probably coax her to do it for the money and the clout. But like, you know, I don't think. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think she would be happy if she was banging out. If they hadn't gotten that Hulu deal, then maybe they would have resorted to something like that. But I, I don't see that. I also don't. The, I think the reason OJ has never resorted to doing porn or anything too crazy is he knew he had that pension coming eventually. So oh, man, if he could just make it to Florida and out of Ron Goldman's clutches, <laughs> he would get that pension. Fred Goldman and his mustache. Fred Goldman, yeah, Ron Goldman. He, <laughs> he took care of Ron Goldman, allegedly. But, he uh, settled that issue a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, back in 1994. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it thanks a lot, NFL. Like, you robbed us of an O.J., pornography film i'd like to see him at the next super bowl what about that he was at sofi recently (laughs) that's awesome do you think they would ban him like because okay he's been to an nfl game now he went to sofi stadium somehow he's like not supposed to be in california they could take all his money that's what i always was led to believe but he he snuck in um how do you sneak in when you're oj simpson his head is huge exactly and by the way you know, no, I, I don't want to call out our former colleagues, but where were the TMZ paps at the airport when OJ Simpson showed up? Like, what the fuck? They, that was a major miss. How do you think OJ would be turned away from the Super Bowl? Like a regular season game? Okay, fine. He, he got in. But if he showed up with a ticket, you know, would they say, um, I'm sorry, Mr. Mr. Simpson, but. I think so. I think for publicity, they would like, yeah, have to make a show of it of turn of like rejecting him from, and but that would still be the news story because, and then like you know, a lucky journalist would like catch him outside the of the game, you know. Well, the great thing about OJ is he would go right to Twitter immediately, and he would make his own video. He is a good broadcaster. Oh yeah, yeah. He's working for. He's going to be doing election coverage for Newsmax, right? Is that? <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I mean, <laughs> um, by the way, I wanted to ask you about this. I, I hate to keep bringing up Kanye, but yeah. he did say 
something about the Jewish people. Now, your name is Senor Smalls, but you're also a, a proud uh, Jewish man. And as we know, Kanye's been beefing with everybody, specifically Diddy. He's been texting Diddy and then putting screenshots of the chats on his Instagram. So I noticed this one. It struck a nerve with me, you know. I am not Jewish, but I, I, I care for my Jewish friends. And so I, it uh, made me a little off-putting. Can you see this? No, no. Tell me about it. Okay. Are you what, what kind of a computer are you using? You can't see or hear anything that I'm doing here. No, I see you. I don't see any. any uh... Oh, you know what? You're right. Shit. Here I'm doing it again. This streaming service is great. And if you sign up now, I'll get a, I'll get a referral. Yeah. But okay, here we go. Now, can you see it? Can you read it, or is it too? Yeah, small? I can read it. Um, okay. I don't. I'll think... read it. I'll read it for the audience. Don't, don't don't read the first word, please. No, this is, Puffy says, uh, "N word. Send me an address. Let's stop playing these internet games and don't feel threatened. You'll be fine. Just love." Kanye responds, "This ain't a game. I'ma use you as an example to show the Jewish people that told you to call me that no one can threaten or influence me. I told you this was war. Now go and get you some business." So Kanye seems to think that Jewish people are ordering Puff Daddy to text him uh, about the White Lives Matter T-shirt that you designed. <laughs> and he's, you know, and then he, his caption is, Jesus is Jew. What does this mean to you as a Jewish man? Uh, well, I'm going to kind of pa paraphrase uh, Alan Greenspan when he was working for uh, uh, Richard Nixon. Sure. And one of his friends asked him, how can you work for such an anti-Semitic? Because, you know, Nixon would go on tirades. And Alan Greenspan. I am Jewish. Oh. And Alan Greenspan said, Nixon hates everybody equally. So I, I didn't find it offensive. You know, he, you know, he's like, he's just like Nixon. Yeah, he, he doesn't like the Jews, but he also doesn't like the Calvinists. The, like, you know, Nixon hates everybody. So I didn't feel singled out. Gays, blacks. Yeah, Nixon. Yeah. He so, did hate everybody. That, so with this Kanye rant, I don't feel singled out. I think he is uh, obviously misinformed, but I'm not like up in arms. Okay. Well, you don't think that it's, he is a powerful man in, in, entertainment in music in fashion and he thinks that there are powerful jewish people who can order billionaire puff daddy to come for him isn't that worrying it is a little worrying because a lot of people believe that too yeah i don't no but what if george soros <laughs> behind this all along <laughs> yeah it's, it's, yeah no it's it's just it's disturbing yeah. i don't take personal offense uh but obviously it's like you know it's not comforting and it's not uh like i honestly he should probably man, he keeps like coming back on like he keeps deleting all his posts and then coming back on i don't know yeah he's crazy uh, so what's up with you? Uh, man, just um, dog sitting. I'm cat sitting, trying to find a job. I yeah. am. Uh, it's been rough times. There's like one tour um, booked for next week. Um, um, you know, I thank you for calling it the wildly successful paparazzi safari. But, uh, you know, it's seen better days.
<laughs> what is it? Is it just that the celebrities aren't out anymore? Oh, yeah, celebrities aren't out anymore. I'm not advertising. It's just on Airbnb experiences. Tourism's not doing that great. And, like, you know, I don't know. People also don't care about celebrities as much. And maybe I need to rebrand. That's so true. I put up videos about celebrities and they get no views. And even interviews with celebrities, nobody cares. The celebrity as we knew it is dead, I think. Oh, yeah. Gone are the days. But also early the internet celebrities. No one cares about just your generic internet celebrity really either. You know? It was very weird. Um, out of the blue, Addison Ray's father uh, texted me like yeah. a video where he was dissing a, a rapper named Young Gravy. And I was just like, one, why is he texting me? I know why. Somebody gave him my number to try and cover some event. And it's just like, I didn't want to cover it. And yes, I find his daughter very attractive, but it's just like, she's way out of my league. I'm like twice her age. I'm like more like I could be her father. It's really uh, just about the age difference. Everything else she would would go for you, but it's just the age difference. I'd like to think so. I like like to think when I'm looking at her Instagram photos, she's like really like, she's just doing it for me. She's putting on. She's looking back at you. Yeah. Yeah. Her captions are speaking solely to me. Sure, <laughs> millions of people see it, but like it's really it's it was meant for my eyes and my and my um, and my media intake only. Right. So, but yeah, and I, I did watch the YouTube video. It was atrocious, but uh, this <laughs> like also who the fuck? Why would somebody? Have a, be a rapper and their name be Young Gravy. They're like really running out of names. I know the name generator that they're all using just must be, you know, on its last legs. Young Gravy. <laughs> I feel bad for the people like Post Malone, who I consider a friend, follows me on Instagram, like the guy, nothing but good things to say about him. He's the one guy who can make the face tattoos work because he got big enough that like it works. He's now immortal in that way. Everyone else who's a young, up-and-coming wannabe rapper like the Island Boys, and they're they're getting their entire face and bodies tattooed, is making a huge mistake because no one – they're not catching on, and then in a year they're going to be stuck with this ink on them for the rest of their lives, and if they remove it, it's going to look like they were burn victims, and they will have made no money. They'll probably end up owing money, Right? Am I wrong here, Smalls? Smalls? That's why I never got any tattoos. And uh, I probably, and I don't know. What are you you supposed to do with that for the rest of your life? Even 6ix9ine, who I liked, and who for a few years was uh, a big deal. You know, he's got to live like another 50 years with a big 6ix9ine on his forehead. (laughs) Is he? uh, But I I don't know if he's going to live another 50 years. I think he is. I think no one cares enough to kill him. Like his little gang is all locked up and you know, no one's going to go out of their way to kill him unless he just pisses off a random person, which could happen. Yeah. But him, the Island boys, young gravy, I'm sure all these other people doing the face tattoos are going to, it's like the worst trend imaginable because you can't just look back and be like, I remember when we had face tattoos, you still got them. Yeah, I'm right. Not, yeah, I, I'm not not a fan. You have any tattoos? No tattoos. Yeah, me neither. 
Um, but if I do get a tattoo, it will be of a of an organ scientific projection clock and a weather vane. Yes, you you worked. Uh, if anyone's just joining us, uh, he had a distinguished career, Senor Smalls, as a clock and weather vane salesman. And the first hour of the show was about that. And if anybody would like to uh, go into business and start a new clock and uh, weather vane store. I'm your man. You should go back into that. Like we said, the celebrity paparazzi industry is dead. Clocks and weather vanes making a comeback. Especially like retail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brick brick and mortar clock and weather vane stores. Why would you order it on Amazon if you could like buy it from me in Central City? Okay. So listen, I pulled up your paparazzi safari page uh tell us a little bit about it why should we come and take it and uh how safe are we if we accompany you well you know the bums in beverly hills are some of the nicest bums you'll ever meet kate man i don't even think he's really a bum they're just panhandlers they're professionals they're not i you know we saw them we were there every day they would come in a new outfit every day the best was when Kate Man like pulled out his wad of like cash and I was with the Bushman and you could just see the intense jealousy and envy in Bushman's eyes. It's just like, man, like why am I why didn't I just wear a cape? <laughs> Did you ever see the guy who who, who would tell jokes? Oh, E I E I O? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was at the comedy store once. I, I remember years ago when I was trying to do an open mic and he was there to do it. And then years later, I was like, wait, this guy's homeless and he just tells jokes in Beverly Hills. Did you hear yeah. his his funniest joke? He goes, Did you hear about the two gay lawyers? They tried each other. <laughs> Honestly, I miss the old old school comedy store was just like such the perfect blend of like of like you know uh, of comedians and just vagrants who wanted to be comedians and just like hanger-ons and and just like just like eccentric vagrant like weirdos i know you you don't have that anymore it's like actually like corporate they're making money it's disgusting they stopped having an open mic at the comedy store which to me is kind of crazy because it's like the place where people are supposed to start their careers careers do you think they stopped because they realized la was getting so out of control with like just the weird vagrants people that have nowhere to go because even when i went there over 10 years ago it seemed like a hub for for that oh yeah it definitely was and uh but they they were able to contain it back then and it was like part of the was part of it but then like really they the the establishment started making too much money and um and so like yeah i think they phased it out because it was just like you know it's an old uh, relic of the old times and it was just like and also like yeah like now you go there they patch you down for like you know like to see if you have any weapons yeah by the way big shout out to natalie mcclendon joining the chat thank you natalie um you know, when I went to the comedy store, it was, uh, God damn, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. You know who used to come there? Jaja Gabor's daughter. Francesca Hilton. Francesca yes, Hilton. Wait, Hilton. She was uh, Francesca Hilton. Uh, she was the product. Conrad Hilton actually raped Jaja Gabor. And uh, they weren't <laughs> married. But, uh, technically, it, it don't raped. tell me that that's what happened. That is what happened. Look, I mean, at least according to Wikipedia. 
which oh is my god. But anyway, like she and, like, used to show up and, and do open mics at the comedy store. Oh yeah. And she like she pretty much died like in her uh Ford Escort or like a Ford uh, Explorer, like pretty much penniless. Conrad Hilton, who is you know, Paris Hilton's great grandfather or whatever, had like all the money in the world, specifically left uh his only daughter like twenty thousand dollars so, like something very like little because he did oh, not consider her a human being i feel even worse now because we used to go in there and this guy tony hinchcliffe who's now with joe rogan and he's out in austin and he hosts the kill tony show he was the open mic mc at that time and francesca hilton would always go up and like you know she didn't do a great job she wasn't really a comedian and he would just viciously make fun of her afterward as he did with every comic that went up myself included um but to find out her her be awful beginnings and then awful ending jesus christ that puts a <laughs> damper on this memory that i had i didn't know that she died in a ford escort later on with twenty thousand dollars uh, can you please take tony off the off, off the screen i don't like looking at his chick teeth did you know him yeah i knew him so just to, for anyone who's watching Smalls was a uh, uh, he worked the night shift for TMZ. Please take him off. The, oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, let me add this back. Smalls used to work for the um, the night shift for TMZ, so you would cover the comedy store a lot of times because a lot of celebrities went there, and of course, a lot of celebrity comedians. Mm. Uh, that was kind of your beat for a few years. So well, you don't like Tony Hinchcliffe? <laughs> He's all right. I just. Uh... I knew him like when he started there and he just, so he, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but like, and he, he knew the, he knew how to schmooze and he knew he didn't really have to schmooze with me <laughs> to get ahead. Right. And then I, and honestly, I, I, I respect his work ethic. He was always writing. And, uh, even though I was, I, you know, I might not be his biggest fan, like he's doing really good for doing really well for himself and, uh, you know, more power to him. But I actually, yeah, before I worked, the night shift i was ingratiated in the comedy store underbelly scene um because i was i was helping this like a monday night show called the ding dong show which was really and it's still there it's still going on i don't i don't think they have the heart to kick kick him out <laughs> what's his name again <laughs> the, guy, the guy who hosts Harris. And, Don that's Barris. How, and that's how I met Blue Iris from the Howard Stern show. Uh, Blue that's Iris, how I yeah. met uh, Dr. Carl, who was featured on America's Most Wanted for uh, Diddling Boys. Wait. He was uh, he was on the Ding Dong show, too. Was it before he was featured on America's Most Wanted or afterward? Um, I met him before he was featured on America's Most Wanted, but I was at the comedy store when the producers for America's Most Wanted came to the comedy store to try and get a comment from Blue Iris. And she said, <laughs> I don't have any comment. But in actuality, she was actually harboring Dr. Carl as a fugitive in her no apartment way. in uh, off of uh, Reseda and the 101. Get out of here. Really? She was harboring a fugitive? Yes, she was. What the hell? Did she, was she ever charged? No, no. And she's been dead for over 10 years, so... Unless you want to dig up her bones and <laughs> put her on trial, I think it's safe well, to say. Here's a picture yeah. of her. If anyone yeah. wants to remember she Blue is. Iris, she is lovely. Wow, harboring a fugitive. Who knew? So what happened? Did they catch him and lock him up, or what? Um, 
I think like the evidence was circumstantial. Like he did diddle this boy back in Maryland a long time ago, but I think he was just trying to extort him. But I don't know. Um, I can't. Was he, a, was he a priest or what was he? No, he was a. He was not a priest. He was a landlord at one point, and uh, he was um, kind of a st- struggling comedian. But he was part of the Ding Dong Show, and I was a, a producer for this illustrious show. Not really even a producer. I think they just called me an intern, an mm. unpaid intern, and that's how I got my start at the comedy store. But it led me to a. Uh, other amazing gigs as being a uh, Joe Rogan's personal valet and um, what other, and just being a general hanger on. I was there when, um, when Robin Williams relapsed and I got to uh, participate in, in his uh, drinking and, and drugging. Wait, 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 small. I was trying to wrap this up and now we have to keep going a little bit. You forced Robin Williams to relapse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just in a group of people egging him on to relapse. Okay. Wait. Robin Williams relapsed at the comedy store? Get well, uh, I think he, he had relapsed like before then, but it was it was around the time that movie RV was coming out and he uh was doing press for it. Mm-hmm. And uh I think he was just uh you know, he was it was a hard point of his life and uh that night he was just like indulging himself and like, you know, taking shots with you know, struggling comedians and as well, and uh, and smoking. Was, was Francesca Hilton there, or no? She was not there at the moment. Okay. What What was he taking shots of? Tequila, vodka. What was his drink? Um, tequila, I believe. Was he picking up the tab? Oh, uh, I don't think they were charging him. Did you drink with him? Yeah, I was in a group, but like I wouldn't even say I. I wasn't really like converse. I was just you know a hanger on. Yeah. It was he was he like as funny in real life? Everyone always said he was always on and it was really funny or how was that? A funny story. Like he he went on in the main room and just by name recognition, he just gets laughs. But then he went on in the original room and did the same material. And uh, he was Robin Williams. So he still had like, you know, people were still laughing, but you could tell he bombed. And this was like the first time he like bombed in a long time, which probably mm-hmm. offset his. uh um, you know, falling off the wagon or whatever you might call it. Shit. What year was this? Uh, 2006. Oh, fuck. And That's so, a long time ago. So funny story. Like, yeah, my first, I, I, I too, I came to the comedy store to be, to, to the open mic. And my first time on stage was my last time on stage because I realized I just did not have the chops to be tell a stand-up comedian. Tell me about it. What happened? Um, you know, you have three minutes on stage and a minute and a half into it. I was just like, yeah, this is not for me. So yeah. I took my, I bowed out, but then I still hung around there for years to come just aimlessly, but it did, it did come in handy in my years as an ambush journalist because I got to just hang out and, you know, I didn't have to ambush there. I could ask and it was a, it was a good place to hang out. Do you wish when you look back on your life that you had stayed in the comedy store system instead of going off to work for TMZ because TMZ is great, prestigious, you know, paid well and all that, but it isn't exactly a transferable skill. There's nowhere else really. That's especially nowadays, maybe 10, 15 years ago, but nowadays no one is looking for, um, those are my dogs. Uh, no one is looking for, 
an ambush journalist. Yeah. An ambush journalist. There's not a there's not another place for ambush journalism. So do you wish that you had just stayed with the comedy store and like, you know, I don't know, you could have been the next Adam Egit, the the guy who was with Norm McDonald and managed the comedy store eventually. I mean, yeah, I, uh, in hindsight, but like, you know, I already like I needed like a better reputation. Like Egit came in with like a decent reputation because he like, you know, had already like uh, managed the Tempe improv and stuff like that. But, you yeah, know, mm-hmm. I do wish I would have stayed within that community and maybe like, you know, been an early podcast producer like but like in, as opposed to going off but like you know a lot of like you know for every like tony hinchcliffe who like made it there were a lot of people that were open micers that then became like paid regulars that then just like fell off and now they're in like buffalo new york and they might go off like they might like do a an open mic show in like you know in newark or somewhere like you know like oh uh, yeah i've seen like like the midwest circuit it's just like I would rather, I, I would rather work at like a Times Square like hand job, um, <laughs> like clean up booth. Than- I'm sorry to say I don't even think that's a, a viable career option anymore. I mean, yeah, nowadays, like, internet ruined everything, man. Yeah, you can't. You know, just- yeah, I have a lot of regrets, but like, yeah, I should have probably uh, chose a different career than an ambush journalist. You know, I don't want to say that your bad luck or like you know your your uh, a, a bad you know a curse on people, but first, Robin Williams, uh, how how soon uh, how much time did you spend with Brody Stevens before he unfortunately? <laughs> um, uh, indirectly, I think I was partially responsible for his mental breakdown because I you know kept getting him on on <laughs> on the show and the, which boosted his ego and then yeah he kind of crashed oh god i felt bad one time because you know how the laugh factory it's another big comedy club in la on thanksgiving they do a very nice thing they they have a full catered thanksgiving dinner for the homeless or for anyone who just doesn't have anywhere to go it's great and we covered it every year we were invited inside to film and, and ask questions and brody was there one day and i just didn't have any questions for him you know what it's like like it's stressful to have to have topics for people. So there were like a couple bigger names. I figured out some topics for them. I had nothing to ask Brody. And like, he was looking like, you're going to get to me, right? You're going to ask me some questions. And then I just had nothing. So it's I kind of, probably why he killed himself. Kinda, how <laughs> dare you? How could you be so insensitive? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's not, it's not too late. You should still go back. You should go be like a comedy manager or something. Uh. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to take Bushman on as my first client. <laughs> you know, I see on LinkedIn, UTA, CAA, all the big agencies, they keep posting for uh, like comedy touring interns. Maybe you could be part of the next intern class. Jesus, In- lucky me. <laughs> summer, the, the college graduates. Well, that's interesting. We got to we got to tap into more of your comedy stories and uh, everything else on a future episode. But in the meantime yeah. get, again, me on, get me on the front row podcast i, I want to be like an in yeah i want to be a guest we're working on it in, in Jesse's apartment tell him i will not uh you know i won't masturbate in, in his bathroom i'll be a good guest i'm not gonna be an andy dick oh God. i'm sure you got stories about andy dick as we all do but let's save those for our next episode all right sounds good um hey, oh cool. and i didn't even ask you about conan conan o'brien yeah, but you know what? 
We'll save it for another time. That's a tease. We'll save it for another time. It's the Paparazzi Safari Celebrity Photography Walk. It's a walking tour. It is actually a very good tour. I've been an unwilling participant in it when I worked at TMZ and he would come up with a group of strangers from a foreign country and start asking me what celebrities were here. Um, but it's but it's way better than just being on a hot bus in L.A. traffic with some guy on a large speaker just fucking saying, you know, not being funny. Smalls is a funny guy. He's entertaining and he knows a lot about Hollywood, especially the, the seedy underbelly of uh, Hollywood. So I would recommend taking that tour. You can book it on Airbnb or is there anywhere else? Um, you can direct message me on at Pap Safari on Instagram. You, uh, I can't believe you, you'd you be able to. I'm sure your DMs are packed. How can you, how can I'm you sorry, disseminate? I'm dog sitting in the, uh, and he follow him at the receiver reporter and subscribe to his YouTube. It's yeah. great. Are you, are you still on the citizen app? No, they stopped. Pay, uh, a third party was paying me to get content, but they stopped paying me. So I stopped, uh, giving them content. Hmm. That's good. That's a good business decision. They well, can go fo- fuck themselves. Right. Follow the receipt of reporter. Take a tour if you're in town. And uh, Smalls, we, we can't thank you enough for coming on today. I can't thank you enough for having me on today. To, to we, we didn't get to talk much about how you created the White Lives Matter. Yeah, I didn't create that. Um, it's like, you know. Oh, sorry. This must my research team. <laughs> they must have gotten that wrong. Um Thank you again, and we'll see you on a future episode. I'm going to end the broadcast now. I don't quite know how to work this streaming equipment yet, so I'm not sure if you're still going to be here when I end it, but uh, hopefully so we can say some words off the air. Okay. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. I love you.